Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. Our guest this week on Carolina Newsmakers is Dr. Scott Rawls, who is the president of the largest community college system in the state of North Carolina, Wake Tech, uh, which, uh, according to my data, serves some 74,000 students. Uh, And we've already talked about the fact that a number of those are high school students, a number of those are students who have completed a four-year college education and are polishing up, and then quite a number who are working on uh, associate degrees, diplomas, and certificates for various and sundry things. One of the things that is so important uh, that uh, we found in North Carolina is how the community college system is called upon to train for new industry. Uh, This is particularly important in some of the outlining counties where they get a new industry. Two things happen. Usually the new industry is robbing some of the employees of, uh, well, a good example, of course, would be the textile industry. As textiles disappeared, those people had to be retrained, the new jobs. And in many cases, there were improvements in in income. But uh, we have, of course, in Wake County, a number of uh, unique opportunities coming our way. And one of them happens to be in the electric vehicle education business. Uh, how are you going to work with uh, VinFest and the others who are working in this area? Well, one of the ways we do that is we work in, uh, in collaboration with our partners, too, uh, particularly other community colleges. So VinFest will be located in Moncure, which is about 16, 17 miles south of Apex, but in another county, which is served by Central Carolina Community College. But for instance, just today, I was in conversation with Dr. Lisa Chapman of Central Carolina about how we collectively support VinFast, not you know working with each other to, to, to make that come together. So we're doing that a lot regionally. Um, I mentioned Lily, so J.B. Buxton, who's president in Durham and Durham Tech and Wake Tech work in how we support Lily because many of these places are so big uh, here, a good example is what's happening in Holly Springs with Fujifilm, Dyson's Biotechnologies, and Amgen growing. We have to support, we have to combine together because they're not, you know, it doesn't mean they're just going to hire people from Wake County or this county. So we have to kind of pull ourselves together. And that's that's what we're doing to give the capacity, but also the coordination. Um for us in electric vehicles specifically, that's a unique area for us, and I think a place where Wake Tech is ahead. But we're doing it in two ways. We we refer to our approach with EV electric vehicles as um, grid to plug to wheels, and we're really focused on the plugs and the wheels part. So wheels for us is our, you know, we have a very unique engagement in um, what we do in terms of automotive technology right now. But we're really leaping to a lead place with with electric vehicles and if things keep going the way they are you know mckenzie has said by 2030 uh, 50% of the car new cars that are purchased are going to be ev and you see where places like ford and gm are going with this so we're we're putting lots of investment we've been able to bring it get receive lots of grants congresswoman ross helped us with the, some federal funding just recently uh, around that so we're we've been we have a lot of our instructors are being specially trained and we're buying specialty equipment on the plug side, we're doing a lot of that at our new campus that we're building in Wendell because Wendell is home to one of the original EV companies for, for North Carolina, which is Siemens. Siemens EV Mobility is there in Wendell with, you know, about 600 people working there. And what they make are the plugs, you know, the, the plug-ins for buses and trucks and cars. And so 
we're we're trying to pay attention to both. And it's about electricity, whether it's through electricians who are going to know about plugs or automotive technicians who are going to be working more in an electrical environment than the traditional mechanical environment. We talked earlier about distant education and broadband, broadband access in North Carolina continues to grow. And uh, of course, with 56 counties across the state, most uh, most students are within a reasonable distance of a campus to begin with. But all of those campuses can't cover all of the uh, various uh, degree programs. So uh, of your 74,000 students, how many of those are actually students from other counties? And I'm sure some of the other counties have Wake County students in them. Yeah, absolutely. Because because we you know people live in other counties and work in Wake County or the other way around. So just breaking it down, if you look at our student population, 75% of our students, our degree students, are from Wake County, live in Wake County. The remaining 25%, the mass majority, live in the contiguous counties. But if you look at our statistics overall, because we are so big, last year we had students from 99 of the 100 North Carolina counties, and I've forgotten which one, <laughs> which county was not represented. And we had students from 130 countries uh, or, or who were who were originated from 130 countries. They may live here now, but, the you know, so it's it's a, it's quite a place, but it's mostly Wake County and it, and it's mostly this region by by far. And that's sort of what makes us a little bit different. We are, as we like to say, we're our community's ladder college. And what we mean by that is, um, you know, in terms of the total number of students we serve, we're almost the size of NC State and UNC put together. But, you know, students don't necessarily come to us from Illinois, come here from Illinois or California because of Wake Tech, like they would say to go to Duke or Carolina or State. But more people are going to go through us than any institution by far to get to the opportunities that are growing in this region. So we might not be the magnet that brings people into the region, but we sure as heck are the ladder, the best ladder to help people come up in the region to grab the opportunities that are being created in the region. So uh, that brings me to another topic. Of course, uh, the traditional college and universities have been in business a long time and have a big alumni base. What are you doing in alumni relations to keep those who spent time on your campus, especially those who uh, did get an associate's degree or a diploma? Uh, how do you keep them involved? And uh, are you beginning to see a, a payback on their uh, contributions in, in funding? Um, not as much. And it's really more about who we are. It's not so much who our alumni are, but it's, you know, for us, what's a little different for us is that a lot of times our alumni become alumni at the next place. And so it's, and it's not, and we don't also have football games and fraternities where everybody comes back to on weekends to to catch up with us. So we're a little more challenged in that. Sometimes I think I, I may discount a little bit what we can do alumni relations as much because I have so many folks who are out there working who are alumni, someone like um, we have a, a guy at Credit Suisse, Casey Tart, who was came through Wake Tech years ago. Um, and has become has created such an alumni network 
in his role, a very senior role, important role, technology role at Credit Suisse. But, you know, it, it creates the alumni of Wake Tech who are working at different places. And so that's one way you see these kind of alumni networks is oftentimes within the sector in which they work. It could be within automotive repair. It could be within IT. It could be within biopharma. And so we're not, as a college, you know, as attuned to or strong at reaching out to alumni and bringing them back in and getting alumni contributions. Ours primarily comes through the the business interactions, the employment interactions. And when we see our alumni out there working in various places throughout Wake County. And you mentioned earlier that uh, your maximum charge to students is $1,384 per degree per program. Semester. Yeah, if no matter how many yeah. credit hours you take, the maximum per semester is one thousand three hundred eighty-four dollars. That's that's incredible. Now, even then, you have some students who have difficulty uh, because they've got other obligations. Absolutely. In many yeah. cases, they've got families. In many cases, they've got, uh, of course, transportation costs, and of course, as you said, uh, there's meals and things of this nature. So, do you? Uh, what do you do in the area of student aid as far as scholarship? Do you have scholarship and aid available we have lots of scholarships um and we have a great foundation great foundation team that's out there raising money uh, for scholarships but other things as well and one of the things we've been very deliberate in recent years i think covid was another example of where covid helped us think about this differently as we've pulled all these different supports together sometimes they're transportation supports um right now we've had free buses but it was free buses for free bus passes for everybody at wake tech um, it can be housing assistance. It can be, uh, we do a lot in emergency aid, food, not just food pantries, but some food delivery for students who can't find food. So we, students, um, mental health services, success coaches, we've pulled that together under a context concept we call care centers, which is available virtually, but also we're building on our campuses. So you don't have to find the place to get this. You just know you have a need that may keep you from moving forward. We want to bring it together. And we do that under a concept we call care centers. And then with our support of students, we're we're creating a system where every student has a care team around them. And that includes somebody who supports career services when they're when they're looking for employment opportunities. Hey Don, one thing I want to mention to you as well, when you talk about the cost and you talk about the support and you also talk about the skills, um, one of the things that happens for us is because with the lower cost, students don't have to take out debt with us to to get the degrees and to move forward. Um, they shouldn't have to get any go into any debt because of what's available and because of the low cost. But one of the things people may not realize is is the extreme return on investment that comes to students that go through institutions, community colleges like Wake Tech. Just last summer, there was a national study on higher education by Georgetown University, their Center of Education and Workforce. And what they did is they ranked every college and university in the United States in terms of a metric of return on investment. And the big national story that came out of that is they noted is that over at over 30 percent of America's colleges or universities, um, the graduates of those colleges and universities would have been better financially having not gone there because they were not earning enough money after five years to pay off the debt and the costs that they incurred. 
you could put in every college and university into their database. And Wake Tech came out as one of the top 20% ROI colleges in the United States and top 10% in North Carolina. And, you know, that's because you can learn a lot of skills and valuable uh, things here at Wake Tech for a job market that is very strong, but you don't pay have to pay a lot and to get there and that's that's something that we 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 value quite a bit i read not so long ago i believe it was the president of harvard it was either harvard or yale and he actually echoed what you're saying he said an undergraduate degree at harvard is just not nearly worth what we charge he said but students want to pay it and he said we you know we're we're not artificially running the cost up it's how much it costs to do it but he said basically there's not a big payoff and i thought that was an interesting uh um, statement for a president of a school like that to actually make i mean he was actually urging students to look at exactly what you're talking about yeah if you look at it through, through that georgetown database and you put in wake tech you're going to see some pretty strong roi for your investment yeah well that's that's good and uh but uh, higher education, especially on private colleges, is is amazingly high, and so many students end up with a huge debt, and uh, that's the way you start out, and it's very hard to dig out of that. And of course, interest rates are rising; inflation is going to put uh, further demand on on uh, the uh, uh, incomes that these students are earning, making it even more difficult to pay off that student loan. Uh, and yet we have sort of implied to students that there's always a payoff. And yeah, you're saying hey, we haven't helped ourselves overall in higher ed because, you know, I think second only to healthcare, higher ed cost tuition has been second only to healthcare in terms of inflation. So um, we have to pay attention. And for us, it has to be how we work because our students are typically working students or students who don't have as much money. So our role is to give them education opportunity and part of that is the accessibility um, and cost is part of that accessibility. Well, bully for the community college system. That's great. Our guest is Dr. Scott Rawls, and uh, we will be back with one final segment. We want to talk a little bit about the legislative uh, agenda that is happening in Raleigh right now and how that might affect community colleges. We'll do that right after these messages. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. 
That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week is Dr. Scott Rawls, who is the uh, fourth president of Wake Tech Community College, which uh, is, is North Carolina's largest community college system. Um, and we are uh, in a time and period where the General Assembly is in action. Um, what are your what are your requests to the General Assembly this year, and uh, how does the General Assembly look all those requests at this point in time? Well, really, two things, Don. The first relates and is vital for us is is our faculty and staff salaries. Um, and you know, I've been with the community college system for 25 years, and I never faced the challenges that we face right now. Um, and this is not just it's a community college challenge, but it's North. It's part of North Carolina's workforce challenge. Um, I, mean, I was talking earlier about the ROI that comes from a community college. Well, that's because a lot of times you can get these great skills that you walk right into great jobs. But what's key to this is you have to have the equipment, you have to have the places, but you have to have the people and the people who have the skill sets to partake you know, the knowledge that we're looking for. So we've talked about, you know, expanding healthcare, expanding these big types of very sophisticated facilities, whether it's biopharm, IT, the trades areas, electrical, HVAC, we were talking about automotive and EV. It's a completely different world than it was 20 years ago. But for us, our big challenge in North Carolina, given all that we have, is that we don't pay enough for the folks to be able to sustain or grow. So when we're 41st in the nation, and what we pay community college faculty, our challenge is being able to retain or hire new faculty for these areas that we have these jobs and we need to grow into. And so that's the biggest challenge is what keeps me awake as much the most. We we want to, we're our goal is to get to average for what our neighboring states are in terms of what we pay our faculty. And we don't do comparisons of staff. And it's not because we're losing faculty that they're saying, hey, I'm going to Virginia where I was before because they pay more. And that does happen. But what's happening too often is they're saying, I'm getting out of community colleges because I can make more money doing this job than teaching people how to do this job. You know, and they know that coming in. But when when the discrepancy becomes so great, it becomes a real problem. And as people are demanding more and more of, you know, the skill sets. And we don't have the ability to keep those people or hire those people. That's the challenge. The second thing that we're looking toward is to increase and be able to expand in many of these workforce areas. Um, we would like to be funded eventually at about two thirds of what the universities are funded for the first two years. And it's not so much about comparison with the universities, but we got to grow into these areas. You talked about all the, the needs we have. I'm just looking at this area, whether it's trades, whether it's you know, bio, whether it's IT, whether it's cyber, automotive, whatever, we got to grow in all these areas. Um, and at our current funding level, which is about 50% of what, you know, our four-year partners have for those first two years, we're just not able to grow fast enough to keep up with what 
you know, everybody says is the biggest business issue right now, which is workforce. So we don't have a long agenda, but it's a very important agenda. And it's, it's two things, you know, helping us to retain and be able to hire our important faculty and to make the student investment to expand these programs that need North Carolina needs right now for the skill sets that are in demand and the skill shortages they're finding in certain places. Well, it's certainly important because I think the people who do economic development in North Carolina always brag about how important in recruiting new industry, especially higher paying industry. And that's basically what North Carolina is focusing on these days. Absolutely. How important the college system is to that process. Well, I have to so, give a shout out to my colleagues who are, are the economic developers in North Carolina. Yesterday, I, I'm a member of the North Carolina Economic Development Association. Most of these are the county economic developers or city town economic developers. And yesterday they had their legislative breakfast. But one of the key legislative priorities for the economic developers is our salaries, because they know, you know, they're recruiting these companies, these companies or these companies are expanding. They know that the number one issue is whether they're going to have the workforce. And they know that we are key to them having that workforce. And if we don't have the people, then the 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 companies won't have the training that they need to hire the people. And that's the big rub right now. Do you have, uh, I'm sort of changing the subject on you, but uh, uh, small businesses, of course, always have uh, unique problems because of their size. In many cases, they have people wearing two and three different hats. Do you have anyone who works directly with small businesses who call you for help? Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you two ways we help them. One is we do a lot in helping people start small businesses. So we have a small business center. We also have an entrepreneurship program. We work, we have 12 municipalities in Wake County. And so we're kind of the backbone behind what are called the launch programs in Wake County. We also have a new venture program that we do with our students to help them start small businesses. So part of our role is in the business startup, particularly in the smaller mom and pop Main Street type small businesses. Another way we help small businesses is through our work in apprenticeship. Wake Tech right now, I think could be or certainly one of the fastest growing apprenticeship colleges in the United States. We we will cross the threshold within a couple of weeks of having a hundred employers in Wake county that work with us on formal apprenticeship and the way we're able to do that is we have a team uh, that wake county supports for us that allows us to sponsor apprenticeship it allows us to be able to have programs and so if i'm a smaller company and i just i'm not trying to have 20 but i need one or two you can work through our apprenticeship sponsorship and and have that one or two apprentices and have a formal apprenticeship program. And that's really become a unique way for us to help the smaller companies. And it's not just the traditional trades and manufacturing. We now have, you know, some very unique restaurants and culinary. We have accounting, we have IT companies. So it's spreading it out and making a very unique way of doing workforce development through apprenticeship, but able to reach not just people that have a big scale, but have sm smaller numbers and, and we're hiring smaller numbers, but can do that through the apprenticeship model. Well, I don't think in the time I've been in business, I've ever seen more people who claim they have a big opening, a big, a long list of, uh, of uh, openings in their company 
you only need to drive around town and see on message boards and and windows now hiring, uh, but it goes far beyond that. Uh, so many people I know uh, in our our particular company, we have 34 openings right now that we would that we need to fill, and we've got probably another 20 that we would like to fill. Uh, and we're not that large a company, and so if you look at uh, uh, the employment situation in North Carolina, it's critical, and uh, um, that's why what you're talking about is so important. Yeah, I, I believe, and you know, the demographic we're sort of heading to a difficult place anyway because of demographics. We we're getting older and not younger, but then what COVID does accelerate everything about ten years because a lot of folks who were fifty-five and older took retirement during that time frame and they're not and you know it's, it's showing right now a lot of those folks are not coming back so it really accelerated us demographically towards a place we were heading to anyway and, and what it means for us is that you know we we can't afford we can't afford for anybody not to be productive right now i used to tell a story when i was community college system president that i think it was when i was born there were like seven seven pay you know seven uh pays to every social security recipient and then by the time i was to retire it's going to be two to one and i always used to say that i want my two workers to be the most highly educated making as much money as they possibly can but you know it's we're going to need everybody and that's that's where for us like expanding healthcare programs is important because we're not only the second fastest growing metropolitan region in the united states in wake county but we're also getting older at the same time and so when you go to the hospital you know it's likely a wake tech trained paramedic they'll take you there and it's likely a wake tech trained medical lab person that's going to take your blood and it's probably someone who's going to you know go through the through x-ray and the nurse may not be the doctor could be the doctor they could have come to wake tech first and then gone on to one of the universities but you know, you're going to touch somebody from Wake Tech. Somebody from Wake Tech is going to touch you in that process. And we need as many of those people as we can get. And we need them to be as highly educated and trained as possible for multiple reasons. Well, that brings me to, a, 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 um, I guess, a, an opportunity for you to uh, maybe get a plug in for this. But let's say someone retired at age uh, 65 or 70. And after a couple of years of, of travel and so forth, they become bored. Uh, do you have many people calling you and saying, you know, I, I probably would like to teach? Yeah, and we uh, need we and we welcome that. We will have, you know, we're going to have a day coming up where you know trying to make it easy for people to do that. You know, different different things require different qualifications. If it's a university transfer program, you have to have a master's degree in the field to be able to teach some of the programs. But for a lot of the skill areas, it's just having had that previous experience that you can apply and. Gosh, we get some of the most amazing people, whether they're former, you know, HVAC technicians or electricians and just people who I mean, I, I had a conversation recently with someone who tutors in one of our tutoring centers and just having this marvelous math conversation. I asked her, how did she get into this? And she said, well, she had a doctorate from MIT in math, and but she always wanted to do this after her previous career. We've got a guy in our biotech program, our new biotech program. I was panicked a little bit about where are we going to find people who can teach genetics and gene therapy turned out we had a guy on our team named drew vinyl who has had patents and worked in that field for years but came to us later 
as a second career because he wanted to teach and was teaching biology for us. And now he's like the our rock star bio, one of our rock star biotech instructors. So yeah, those folks are, you know, they're they're godsends for us. So please reach out to us. And how would they do that? Well, if you go to our website, um, look for our human services area, call, you know, it's waketech.edu. Go to our HR, you know, and contact them. You'll see an email address or just call us and we will put you in contact with them. Um, and then we'll get you in touch with the, the different departments to see what you can do. And if it's not a degree area, as I mentioned before, most of, much of our training is non-degree skills based. So there's multiple ways to give back to Wake Tech. And another area I'll mention real quickly is where we get the most volunteers is we're the biggest literacy providers in the state, community colleges. So it's working with people who are either learning English or working on their math skills or trying to get a high school degree through us. So there's all kinds of ways to give and support um, through Wake Tech or your other community colleges. Well, Wake Tech and all the other uh, community colleges are certainly crown jewels of the North Carolina education system. And we very much appreciate not only your work, but that of your faculty and your staff and those other uh, 55 uh, uh, community colleges across the state, or 57, I guess it is. Uh, our guest has been Scott Rawls. And if you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and hear the entire broadcast. Uh, we'll be back again next week. So the next week, have a good week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Carolina Newsmakers.